0: You are listening to Winning with Mainstay. The opinions expressed on this edition of Pensacola Expert Panel are not necessarily those of News Radio 92.3 AM 1620, but rather the opinions of the sponsor, Mainstay Financial Services with host Bob Burgee. provided on winning with Mainstay Financial is provided for educational purposes only and is not intended to be specific financial advice for individuals. All information presented is believed to be from reliable sources and no representation is made to its accuracy. Views presented are those of Mainstay Financial and host Bob Burgey and do not necessarily represent the view of AlphaStar Capital Management, LLC. AlphaStar Capital Management is an SEC registered investment advisor. Registration Does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor or investment advisor representative has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Opinions expressed are subject to change and do not constitute financial, legal, or tax advice. You should consult your financial professional before executing any financial strategy. Now, here's Bob Burgee.
1: Good morning, Jenna Barr. How are you? Good
0: morning. Happy. March and springtime to you. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful day to be alive.
1: It is. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Lots going on in the world, right?
0: It is a lot. That's, that's a little heavy, but... Um, hey, we'll
1: keep it light in here, right?
0: You, well, it actually just reminds us of how temporal we are and how we need to be prepared for different events in life. Right. Um, we need to take care of ourselves. That's right. Mind, body, spirit. And financially, mm-hmm. be yes. prepared.
1: Whoa, look at that
0: segue. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you like that smooth, yes, like butter.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, um, yeah, it is a beautiful day. And, uh, and, and every day is, right? Every day is a gift. Amen. But uh, so this week, you know, I have some very special news. Um, my daughter has joined us at Mainstay Financial Group. Uh, she joins us all the way from Denver, Colorado But she moved here a couple of weeks ago But her name is Katie Good Katie morning Katie Burgey yeah. Good
0: morning Welcome to the beautiful Gulf Coast <laughs> <laughs> oh, Did,
2: you,
0: did you make your way to the beach? That's what I have to ask first I haven't Oh girl, that's this, then- today is your day
2: Right.
1: <laughs> Wrong. Today. Yeah. Saturday. Dad, say
0: Dad no. she is going to have to have the rest of the day off and get some vitamin D, and then she will just, she'll never leave. So actually, this is your moment.
1: Actually, we have some clients coming in from out of town, and, oh. and we're meeting with them at 10 a.m. on Saturday. So you do know about that, right, Katie? Right.
0: You're taking them to the to a place on the beach
2: That's <laughs> what you Well, you're we doing. should. We
1: should. But it's no, all business. No, I would
0: have, but it was the Mardi Gras parade, right? That's right. Okay. You have moved. I decided against it. Into Mardi Gras land, and it, today right. is the, the, the day. It's the, the big Tuesday, um, but welcome. I'm really excited. I, that kind of just brings me a, a little bit more joy when you think about Stay Financial, because now it's like a family yes, business. Yes, yes, You've got family together. I like that. And
1: every Tuesday is like family with you, Jenna. You know that. And all, and all the wonderful people.
0: Seriously, you're gonna make me cry I didn't here. take my yeah. pills yet today. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And all the wonderful people here at News Radio. Um, no, we
0: do. Let me tell you though. Actually, if you if you just stay on that for one second, Bob. Our listeners have become like friends and family. They text in, they check in, mm-hmm. they make sure, they they ask, oh, Bob's not here this week. Where is he? Is he doing okay? Oh, gosh.
1: I, I, think- I come in and I feel like a rock star, you Do know? You, you should. So, Task is always here oh, uh, we to love greet her. me. I usually have to run into Jeff Wayne. Yep, okay, have no, to. Not, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but everybody, everybody's so nice. And, uh, you know, today, you know, I always get to see Mike Wiggins. Yep. Uh, what a treat. And, you know, Katie came in. And uh, I introduced her to Mike. And, you know, she actually has babysat for his oh, grandchildren. That um, is so yeah, sweet. back in the day. What? Yeah, a what, long time 15 ago. 15 years just ago? Just found out there, yeah.
2: they're in college, and I was rocking them like babies.
1: Uh, yeah. That'll
0: age you real fast, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'll sober yeah. you up. Yeah. That is so sweet. Hey, and it just shows you our town right here. Uh, people are connected businesses are connected families are connected friends are connected and we care about one another and our each other's futures
1: that's right that's right and uh, okay so katie has joined us and uh, i just wanted to you know introduce her a little better than saying hey you know she's moved back here but she did grow up here in pensacola Um, Actually, you were born in Louisville, Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky. Right. You only say Louisville if you live there. But Louisville, Kentucky, and shortly after that, we moved to Cleveland, Ohio, spent a lot of great years there. And then uh, I guess most of your formative years uh, were spent right here in Pensacola, right? Right. That's awesome. Uh, St. Paul's, Pensacola Catholic High School, And then she went away to school to Loyola and majored in accounting. Katie, do you want to finish the story?
2: Yeah. No, majored in accounting at Loyola in New Orleans.
1: Oh, hold on. Hold on. She did. She's not going to tell you this, but uh, played varsity tennis. And was actually the, uh, uh, what is the annual award, the Capital One uh, Student Athlete of the Year. Her senior yeah. year at Loyola. <laughs> oh, okay. how cool is that! All right, that? keep going, keep going, Katie.
2: Um, well, and then I came back here and I worked at Levin Papantonio Law Firm. I did the BP oil spill. Um,
1: A lot of the processing you didn't do it, but you, you, you did not cause. You were, carve you were it. trying to Let's undo it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's not funny. I have had that. I I say it like that. Um, and I've had people say that before. You well, worked you in didn't processing claims, <laughs> <Right>. processing <laughs> right. claims for the BP right. oil. exactly. Yeah, yeah, I was on, you know, representing claimants, businesses along the Gulf Coast mainly. Um, and then I worked in an accounting firm and did um, accounting, or mm-hmm. I was uh, processing the accounting. Right, accounting wonderful accounting firm, claims. Carr, Riggs, and Ingram, Right, right. And then moved out to Denver, Colorado, worked at a law firm out there. I I was thinking I was going to law school, Um, so I was kind of in the law firm setting for a a bit, and then decided against that, (laughs) and I went and got my MBA at University of Colorado in Denver. Go Buffaloes. Yeah. And, um, And made the move to finance. I worked at Northwestern Mutual, and then I had been with Fidelity for... A while. Yeah, a long time. <laughs> wow. But
1: uh, actually, uh, all all told, 10 years out in Denver. Yeah. And uh, any comments about Denver, Colorado? Uh, do you want to talk about uh, any of the, you know, how about not the obvious differences <laughs> like mountains and cold weather, but, uh, you to, you know, some of the reasons that went into your thoughts moving back to Pensacola?
2: Maybe like the higher higher cost of living yeah (laughs) yeah higher home prices yeah really couldn't see myself buying a home or really raising a family out there
1: right but uh high cost of living and that uh, that's something you experienced firsthand while you lived there for a decade
2: right yeah
1: Yeah. um yeah she would come back look at home prices here in pensacola and you know what we've experienced here but, you know, right. It, it, well,
0: in and, and just being from here, pretty much, you know, and, and experiencing a lot of life here and then seeing how much it's grown in the past pretty much five years. Would right. you say, Bob?
1: I, yeah, I would say l- it's been crazy. In the past two the years, it's years. exploded. Yes.
0: So to really see that, I mean, how much can you see like that mirrored with Colorado living? Right.
2: Yeah. No, it's. You know, I didn't. I probably didn't pick the best time to to come back and <laughs> and, and, and buy a, a home. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was definitely. I was shocked. I was so shocked by the. You know.
1: What had happened? Yeah, yeah. the cost of yeah. li- living. But still, here. considerably less. Uh, would you say? Would you say half the price um, of Denver?
2: You know, I mean, pro- if if we're talking solely purchasing property, probably. Yeah. yeah. Close to
0: that close wow. to that isn't that interesting we still that, so we okay. still have a long That's way to go perspective yeah right yeah. there
1: you know and the other thing and we we talk about it a lot um there are so many other components that go into purchasing a home and you know it's not just the purchase price especially if you're financing the home and if you can get away with you know the low interest rates that we enjoyed for for so long and are still enjoying okay they've popped up of late but uh you know it's not unusual to, to really talk to people. And it's really the quality of yeah.
2: of living here, though, that sets it apart. It I really agree. sets it apart. Mm. You know, in in Denver, five hundred thousand gets you very, very little. Oh, I can you imagine. know. But here, it's just it's just that the difference of.
0: Of the quality of life. Yeah.
1: The proportional. And it's not just housing. It's not just housing. It's everything. Even Um, the cost
0: of living, groceries, gas. Gasoline. We see see there is is price increase happening with inflation, but then you think about us here, we're like, ah. And then you talk to your family in, in Michigan, Ohio, Colorado. Right. California, and they're like, "Stop complaining." Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> it's a little
0: bitter. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> but but you know, we anybody that has uh, purchased a home and financed it or refinanced their existing home is uh, if they have a 30-year mortgage, 15-year mortgage, and it's fixed, they're going to enjoy uh, interest rates, hopefully in the twos, but maybe more recently in the threes. You know, but to fix it to lock in at that rate is is truly a benefit and actually you know when rates go up it increases the cost of your home over time right so uh we have enjoyed uh very low interest rates and you know a lot of us were blessed by that uh how uh, um how it, how are things at the new house katie
2: oh good
1: yeah so you I know she also brought great. she also brought a giant saint bernard with <laughs> her to florida so <laughs> oh, i don't really? think they're a i don't dog. think they're allowed
0: i don't know if <laughs> they are i don't think what, they're what's allowed. his what's her boone boone him okay so boone first of all i love boone north carolina it's one of my favorite places to visit yeah, a lot yeah. of people say
2: that when i say is oh, name oh
0: you got to take him there yeah you got to take him there take a picture that's all you got to do uh and it's beautiful you'll love it but um he's gonna need his own personal air conditioning system right, right. No, we're yeah.
2: looking into you know a snowmaker in the back yeah
0: no it's i mean it's beautiful this time of year is a good time to move uh, here oh, he's loving with it. the transition he's honestly loving it oh i bet and then yeah. you'll
2: have to take him to the the dog beach he just doesn't know what he's in for
0: <laughs> he'll, he'll right. be fine he'll oh, love it it honestly gets
2: very very hot in denver oh
0: well, and there's there you just go. no
2: water and he loves swimming okay. and we're right across from the bay so we're
0: so there you go. Yeah, you've got that relief and happening. He, the babies. He loves
2: just looking at that water. We gotta let him jump in soon. Yeah.
0: How was the process of buying a home? Did you buy a home in Denver? Yeah, you did. Yeah. How was the process different here?
2: Or, or you mean no? I apologize. No, I did not. I was renting in Denver. Oh, okay. I thought you meant
1: while buy you were in this? Denver. She bought here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay.
0: No, I was gonna say <laughs> if you have seen that difference in buying a home in colorado versus right buying a home in florida right no
1: i don't think it was in the realm of possibility in denver that's, how, it expensive just, that's it. how expensive yeah. you're saying okay that's
0: right. yeah you're you get
2: way too little i mean i couldn't you can't justify the types you know of housing you're getting for mm. really five hundred thousand is kind of your bare minimum or yeah your so baseline. you know
1: To our, you know, for our listeners, you know, although we have seen just crazy, crazy increase in prices uh, in both real estate and housing, um, you know, we're still enjoying, I think, uh, uh, in comparative terms, you know, in relative terms to other places like big cities, uh, especially out west or perhaps further south or certainly New England, um, fairly low. Real estate prices, and you know, for that, you know, we should be very thankful. But um, you know, more to come on that. I think I, I don't think it's over. I think it's I think it's still going up. But um, you know, time will tell. All right. So what we're going to talk about? There's a lot of things going on in this world, and we certainly want to uh, discuss those things. And uh, you know what uh, what is going on in our economy here? What's going on in the world? And really how it affects us? So. I think at this point in time uh, you know we'd be uh, you know we'd be foolish to just kind of glaze over that but um, with everything going on in the Ukraine at this point in time it's interesting to me um, the sequence of how these things have developed you know first we had um, you know the threat of aggression in the Ukraine uh, you know we had of course military and uh, troops um, you know lining up and. You know, at the border. Uh, Then we had the actual act of aggression, and then that was followed by sanctions. uh, uh, Typically, uh, you know, I would say led by the United States, and then you know, really the really Russia had you know some of their own sanctions, like no flying in our our airspace, and that I think was pushed out to at least this time yesterday 36 countries were not allowed to land aircraft or fly in the airspace of uh of russia so um you know with the sanctions sanctions um preceded by the act of aggression and now more more troops and uh tanks and so on and so forth uh, you know all we heard this morning was a 40-mile convoy um making its way uh to the border of the ukraine and uh you know, all of these things affect the market. And uh, on top of that, what we have going on stateside, we have our own domestic issues. We have three things going up here, and I, I don't think anybody can really argue with these. Um, we have rising interest rates. Again, we just talked about uh, purchasing a home and um, mortgage interest rates and how how it's been a gift for the last five years and, and, and more. And, uh, you know, that's changing. You know, the Fed announced that, um, the Fed announced in January three to five interest rate hikes during 2022. The first will likely take place, may not, but may take place um, as early as this month. So we have that, and, and that is a measure that, you know, of course is, uh um it's a measure that is is not considered nor taken lightly but you know when this economy heats up rising interest rates have a tendency to slow down the economy and i think that you know that's really the objective here um the economy may slow down on its own and uh some of these interest rate hikes may not take place but again uh in january most experts um uh, most experts believe that we would have three to five interest rate hikes in the year 2022. Um, We also have rising inflation. Rising inflation, of course, is just the, uh, the cost of goods and services going up. And we've had that. I think we've had rising inflation now for five consecutive months, okay? Two consecutive quarters. So... We have um, we have rising interest rates, rising inflation. The other thing that I think is built in already is not taking place in 2022, but certainly might uh, affect us all in 2023 is rising personal income tax rates. I think we're going to see an increase in personal income tax rates, most likely in 2023. But for 2022, I think we're, you know, we're Okay. Um, but these are just some of the things affecting all of us, affecting the markets and um, uh, you know certainly this important economy and this world economy um, you know that we're all affected by. But um, what we uh, what we did before we came in today, we wanted to, um, uh, share with our listeners um, how some of the markets have performed, and how some of the markets and in, uh, different indices are different. So, you know the the index that is often quoted is the the oldest and probably most nostalgic, and possibly the most inappropriate index. It's the Dow Jones Industrial Average, 30 stocks, 30 very old companies comprise the Dow Jones Industrial Average, but it's what we've used for, you know, I want to say a hundred, not a hundred years, but closing in on a hundred years, possibly 85, 90 years. Um, The Dow Jones Industrial Average, 30 companies that, the 30 companies that make up the Dow Jones Industrial Average are are probably the most often quoted index that we quote. Now, I, I wanted to share the different indices before we talked about how each one is performed and the reasons why. Uh, the other one that we use, and probably the most uh, appropriate one to use because it's the, the best measure of the market, it uses a blend of value companies, growth companies. Uh, that index is, Katie, the S&P 500, right? Right. <laughs> so, S&P 500, also known as the broad-based index. The broad-based index, the S&P 500, the same thing. So uh, it's simply the 500, you know, the 500 companies that make up the S&P 500 are a very good, strong, solid indicator of what the markets are doing at that point in time. All right? Again, it's a, again, it's a blend of value and growth companies. Um, two more. Two more I want to cover real quick. I talked about value and growth. We have measures for each um let's talk about value uh first of all, we talk about value and growth companies a lot, Katie, because um they're two different animals growth companies are these high flying companies that have uh that have done so well, especially um over the last couple of years uh growth companies examples um uh, amazon right netflix uh Tesla, Tesla. <laughs> yeah, Tesla. Everybody <laughs> wants to talk about Tesla. Um, these are companies that are growth companies. They call them growth companies because they're growing. Typically, they're in um, industries that that may be, uh, m- maybe not in their infancy, but that are certainly newer industries or newer sectors. And um, they're typically leaders in that sector or industry. And a company can do one of two things with its earnings. A company can choose to either grow the company by reinvesting in the company. I don't know. uh, In the case of Tesla, you know, building more factories, getting more cars out on the road. And we'll talk more about growth companies. But um, if it's a growth company, you want to reinvest your earnings back into the company. All right. A value company is something a little different well, quite a bit different. It's typically a company that's a little bit older and certainly in an industry that is not in its infancy, um, uh, an established industry and typically an established company. Um, So value companies are not the opposite. You know, they're still companies. They're (laughs) They're trying to make a profit for their shareholders. But because they have blown through the growth phase, what they are doing with their earnings are what, Katie? Paying out their loyal shareholders in the form of a of dividend. Dividends. Right on. And so these are dividend-paying stocks. And, you know, we use some value portfolios. They're nice because they typically pay um, a dividend yield of anywhere between 25 and 3%, depending on the portfolio we use. But it's nice to get that dividend I think we'll all agree especially when the markets aren't behaving well because that dividend keeps coming that div- dividend keeps dropping into your account or dropping into your account and purchasing more shares of the same of the same uh, company or the same portfolio and it's a um, you know it's a very nice hedge to a market that isn't cooperating and and typically we mean a, a market that is either volatile or that is going down over time um, so the typical value index is the Russell 1000. Again, we're going to talk about all of these indices and how they interact with one another and why they're behaving the way they are. Um, the, final, the final one is growth. And what we use for growth is typically the NASDAQ. A lot of technology, a lot of growth companies, a lot of companies that are not, do not, and but may one day pay a dividend. Um, a lot of growth companies become value companies, right? We've seen that. Uh, once they part, start paying a dividend or at least a healthy dividend, um, uh, they, they usually move from the growth space to the value space. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the ones we've seen with that is Verizon. Verizon's like a utility stock now. It used to be a growth company. And, you know, if you look at the map, they've canvassed the United States and, you know, the the areas they're not going into and some remote area of, I don't know, Montana or Alaska is because there's just no market for it. But um, that's a growth company that has now become a value company. And I think I think Verizon right now pays about a 4.5% dividend. So they'd be, you know, most companies will start out as growth and then become a value company. But, uh, again, the NASDAQ is um, the measure a lot of us use for growth. Uh, the Russell 1000 is the measure or the index we use for value. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a very small, narrow index. Uh, A lot of value companies in there, of course, because they're old. And the last one, what do we call it, the broad-based index? The S&P 500, Mm -hmm. which is a really strong, solid barometer or measure of how the market is performing. Jenna, I think we're going to take a break right now. We're going to come back and talk about these indices and how they've performed. But – Hopefully we'll get an update on things that are going on in the Ukraine, and and we'll be back in a couple minutes. We're back. We're back. We're back. All right. So, uh, before the news break, we were discussing the different indices and what they mean, what they, uh, what they're comprised of. We talked about value. We talked about growth. We talked about blend. We talked about the broad-based measure of the market and perhaps the limited measure of the market, the Dow Jones 30 stocks, the S&P. 500, the broad-based index, 500 stocks, 500 companies, okay? The Russell 1000, what we use to evaluate the performance of value companies, and the NASDAQ, which are a lot of technology, growth companies, um, and uh, big differences between value and growth. Anyway, I wanted to share with our listeners the year-to-date performance of each of these indices and there's a big contrast between value and growth. Again, both indices are made up entirely of stocks, okay? But the value index um, the value index is down about 3% year to date. That you know with everything going on, that is not that uh, alarming. Um, it's not a big drop. Um, conversely, the growth index, um, the NASDAQ, is down about 13% year-to-date. So you have one down 13%, one down 3% year-to-date over the same time period. Uh, it's, it's pretty fascinating. Um, now, the blended index, uh, the broad-based index, which is called what, Katie? The S&P 500 500 is down somewhere in between, right around 8%. So, again, value down 3%, growth is down 13%, and the blended index, the broad-based index, the S&P 500, down somewhere around 8%, a little more than 8%. I think, actually, this morning, the the broad-based index, at the time we looked at it, was down 8%. 0.67%. 0.67 um, percent. So, uh, you know, we talked about the difference between value and growth, and you know, uh, what both of those uh, styles of investing mean. But, uh, but on, but on the growth side, uh, the growth side has outperformed over the last 10 years has outperformed the S&P 500 by about That's huge. So if you were in growth companies, all these companies, what are the ones we talked about, growth companies, Katie?
2: Tesla, Amazon. Yeah,
1: Tesla, Amazon, Netflix. What else? You know, uh, what is Facebook now? Uh, Meta, Meta Platforms, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, all of these companies, Google, all these. All the techies. Yeah, all the tech companies and a lot of the uh, app, uh, you know, a, a lot of the app, type companies, a lot of the, uh, you know, I I would call them cutting edge. You know, certainly Tesla is in a very old, established industry, but they've carved out a niche in that they're in electric vehicles only. Um, They also do solar panels, but that's not their main line of business, of course. But um, uh, so we know what growth is. But those companies, those type of companies, and what make up growth companies have outperformed the S&P 500 to the tune of 36% uh, over the last 10 years. Now, value companies are the opposite. They have underperformed the S&P 500 by about the same margin, right around 35-36%. So, if you look back 40 years, and these are some of the charts that, you know, and here we are in radio, we're talking about charts, but if you go back 40 years, these two, if you picture a double helix, that is what, that is what it looks like. It looks like two, two, um, two graphs that DNA. cross each other. Yeah, DNA. <laughs> DNA. And it's in our DNA, right? Um, these, two, these two graphs cross each other about every 6 to 12 years. I would say on average every 8, 9, 10 years. But it's a cycle that we go through. But right now, with growth outperforming value, by that magnitude, you know a lot of our a lot of our uh, clients, a lot of our listeners, a lot of our prospective clients want to know where exactly to put our money, right? But uh, Jenna, I know we had a question.
0: Yeah, we have uh, a few questions, so I want to start okay. on subject, if that's okay. Yes. Uh, so first question uh, from Steve: we, You were talking about um, value versus growth. I hear that term a lot. What is the difference, <laughs> and where should I invest my money right now. Okay. okay, And there's a couple other questions about investments.
1: go Go ahead and hit me with the other.
0: Uh, okay. So we have another one. It says, where do you think interest rates are going in 2022? Okay. And then we go, we're going to go even bigger is right now. Now you're deciding people's fate. So you better be ready. I'm just okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is right now a good time to buy a home or should we wait and see how the market is going? And same question with selling my home. Oh
1: gosh. Okay. Well, I'm going to take a that. Lot. I'm going to take the last one first and okay. you may need to help me on the other two. Um, Okay, no short answer there, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and Katie, of course, our expert over here, she just purchased a home. Um, you know, I one of the things I I heard from a real estate broker recently was the only people that should, and I, and I love this, the only people that should be buying in this market are people that are also selling in this market because. You know, if you're selling high and you're buying high, it's sort of a zero-sum game. Mm-hmm. You know, and yet, you know that whole "I've got to live somewhere." You know, I can get this for my house, but what am I going to buy? Well, you're going to have to buy, you know, in a in an equally high market that you sell in if it's at the same time, um, if at all possible. I think uh, uh, you know if this person is talking about selling a house and buying a house, absolutely. Because the same is true if you're selling in a bear market, okay? If if prices go down and you're buying, or excuse me, selling your home and then buying a home in the same time frame then it's really, again, a zero-sum game. But uh, if you can read the real estate question again, I think there was something on interest rates, correct, or mortgage?
0: Uh, Where do you think that interest rates are going to go in 2022 with inflation happening?
1: Absolutely. As we discussed in the first half of the show, uh, mortgage interest rates are going up. They Mm -hmm. have already gone up. Katie, do you mind sharing what sort of rate did you get for a 30-year fixed? 37
2: I think it was 3.5. 3.5. Yeah. Okay, over 30
1: years. Yes. Okay, 30-year fixed-rate mortgage, 3.5 percent. That's about what I'd guess it to be. Um, now this time next month, six months from now, throughout the year, with uh, three to five interest rate hikes um, already being, you know, not a not but promised but announced.
2: Like? I don't I don't have experience
1: with. The, really
2: high interest rates, honestly. Well,
1: how high can they go?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you, you know, me, the I 3. hate to 5 date 5 myself. Is high. Well, yeah. Well, look it, at your age. You've shared right. before yeah. how
0: high there was. Yeah. Uh, I forget which year it was, and you shared a record high. No, the
1: early, uh, the, uh, yeah, early eighties. It was. That was yeah. Was, that sounds what, about right. Nightmarish. Eighteen um, percent. Yeah. You know, but but look, look. I know, right? By the same oh, token. My gosh. Um, You could secure secure a CD that paid 15%, okay? Okay. Now, are those days gone? I hope so. Mm. I hope so. Because I I think high interest rates, um, I think, uh, I'm just going to say, depends on whether you're a borrower or a saver and to what magnitude, okay? If you're getting a $250,000 mortgage, I think no matter what you have, in bonds or fixed uh, fixed interest rate in- instruments, I think no matter what, you want lower interest rates because you're a borrower more than you are a saver, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're retired, yeah, if you are situations. retired, you have paid off your home, you have no debt, you are a saver, you're an investor, and you're a conservative investor. You want higher interest rates so that you're, you know, that so that you're. Uh, assets perform better now again if there are higher interest rates and and inflation is very high you know they they sort of cancel each other out right Mm -hmm. but uh um all in all i think lower interest rates are going to uh uh be more likely to uh, you know have a thriving economy We're, We're interest rates are going up because the economy has performed so well for so long even with a global pandemic so with interest rates rising we slow things down and we'd like a more gradual um uh, you know we certainly want a thriving economy but we want that incline to be a little more um, a little more gradual than it than as steep it is, as it has been so um but as far as where I think interest rates are going in 2022 i think they're going up i know they're going up and I think all of us agree on that. Again, these Fed, uh, you know, the Federal Reserve Bank controls uh, the Fed funds rate, which, you know, mortgage interest rates and everything else is tied to. Uh, they're not promising three to five interest rate hikes in 2022, but I think uh, we're all prepared for that. Um, and if if the economy slows down, they don't have to, uh, they don't have to uh, raise interest rates. They can leave them where they are. They can lower them. You know. So, um that last question, Jenna, help me out. I think it was Steven.
2: Yeah, and yeah. Dad, are you able to refer to those graphs?
1: Well, the graphs the graphs are very interesting. On the radio, it's very difficult, but, but I do but I for,
2: like they're from the Motley Fool.
1: Oh, right. Oh, I yeah, I should always reference the source. The the particular graph that I am uh, referencing is from the Motley Fool. It's a great publication. They have they have terrific visuals, um, whether it's pie charts, bar graphs. I like I like the charts, obviously. Uh, don't lend themselves terribly well to radio. Mm-hmm. However, if you call our office at 850-437-3127, we'd be happy to email you a copy of the value versus growth charts that we're discussing. Again, uh, growth has uh, wildly outperformed value over the last 10 years. Um You know, we we kind of use an analogy, and this is something Katie brought up. Um, When we look at this chart, you have two divergent graphs, okay, going in opposite directions, north and south. Value going south and and growth going north. Um, And one of the questions that, uh, you know, Katie brought up. Is 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 something to ask our clients or investors, in terms of which one you would want to invest in, Katie? You want to share that question, the uh, analogy to real estate? If you, you went, yeah, if you went to a broker,
2: yeah. If, um, gosh, I'm trying to.
1: Yeah, if you went to a broker with a would you with your money, would
2: you ask for a deal or a property that is appreciated?
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you're looking at these two, to are you going to point to the, the graph going north and say, hey, I want you to find the most highly appreciated property over the last 10 years. That's what I want to buy. Can you help me out with that? Nobody says that. Right. But you know what? When we're chasing these growth stocks, especially some of these high price-to-earnings ratio growth companies, what we call very expensive stocks, if you're putting money in these in these growth companies... Uh, that have done so well you are buying things that have performed magnificently well but what do we have at the bottom of every single every single page of literature that comes out of our office every every proposal you know a lot of statements a lot of marketing literature they all say the same thing what is that katie God. He's asking me historical,
2: the tough question's historical yeah, historical performance performance is, is not
1: An indication of future future results or future future returns and you know you can word you can you can wordsmith that lots of ways Uh, uh, historical rates of return projected you know projected or no historical actual rates of return are no indication of future projected results or returns and uh, you know uh, investors beware, you know, just because it's done well in the past or over the last one year, two year, three year, five year, 10 year holding periods doesn't mean that's going to keep up. But when we invest in real estate, the opposite of that, we we say we say to our uh, real estate agent or, you know, who who is looking for houses for us or if we're if we're buzzing around on Zillow, what are we looking for? We're looking for a deal. We're looking for right. a bargain. And maybe it's the ones that have gone down in value, not because you want to buy in an area that's been neglected or an area that uh, uh, you don't want to be in, but maybe you can find something that has not performed as well as all of the other areas, right, Right. in all the other homes. And uh, I think that's what we're all looking for. Well, the same is true in stocks, you know. What is going to do well going forward? And I think that's what we're all looking for. So... One of the one of the things I want to make perfectly clear is, you do not want to chase one and completely neglect the other. Okay, these are cycles. Again, they're long cycles. But the value versus growth argument is, uh, you know, is something. You know, if you if you if you just Google value versus growth, you're going to see the divergence and the double helix of uh, of these two trading places, and it's over a pretty long cycle. But what you want to own over the long term, the very long term, is both. You want to have growth. You want to be. You want to be an owner of value companies. Um, growth has obviously served you well over the last decade, but value may switch places with growth going forward. We just don't know. But uh, it sure looks that way, right, Katie? The way yeah. this the way this chart works.
2: Yeah, based on past pattern, it looks like value looks, is heading up.
1: It looks like it's queued up to uh, uh, to change places. Um, Alright, again, the NASDAQ is down year-to-date 13%. That's, that's uh, a very good, strong me- measure of growth and technology companies. The Russell 1000, uh, the value measure, the value index, um, is down about 3%. Not uh surprisingly the blended index, the uh the broad based index, which comprises both value and growth companies, the S P five hundred, is down as of this morning, eight point six seven percent. Okay. So we've got uh we've got uh one that's down quite a bit, one that's down not so much, and then of course the one that blends the two somewhere in between. Makes perfect sense. We just don't have a crystal ball to predict which one is going to do better going forward. Um, But it certainly seems like um, if history repeats itself and uh, one gets overheated, they tend to switch places and it may be something you want to discuss with your investment advisor. Katie, one of the things we shared, um, one of the things you enjoyed uh, when you joined us was uh, our investor assessment uh... something we use without uh, with all of our prospective clients and existing clients we had uh... we had some folks come in yesterday uh... when they joined us they completed an investor assessment which measures their risk tolerance and really their overall investment objectives it's a ten question um, ten question uh, I, I guess you would call it a survey um, and but it's very scientific and the questions are such that they lead you to a point with a risk score that is spot on when it comes to your risk tolerance and your overall investment objective. Some of the questions are great. Hey, what what is the greatest indicator of your risk tolerance? Age. Okay? How old are you? Because how old you are is going to dictate what your investment horizon is right so the first question is how you know what is your current age um, and if you're older you know some of our clients come in and say you know uh, they don't want to take a lot of risk and uh, uh, some of them say they don't want to take any risk but most of our clients will accept a little bit of risk okay And, you know, we don't see a lot of one or the other, right, Katie? We don't see 100% stocks. We don't see 100% conservative. We usually see a blend of both because guess what? We all have a time frame in front of us. We just don't know how long that is. But life expectancy is a great indicator of what our investment horizon is actually going to be. Another question we ask, what is your understanding and comfort level with investing? okay those are probably the two best questions and if we if we if we know how they feel about it we can kind of short circuit that and go right and go right to uh, their invest their invest uh, their overall asset allocation and their investment objective um, which is truly dictated by their risk tolerance okay some of the other questions are you still working that's huge age are you still working and what is your appetite for risk okay if you're still working and you're contributing to that 401k your 401 a your 403 b or perhaps your sep ira or traditional ira that you that that is uh... that is housed outside of your uh... workplace um, if you're still contributing, that's a beautiful thing. Your dollar cost averaging with every with every paycheck, hopefully, um, certainly with 401 k 401 a four hundred three b you are. With your SEP IRA, perhaps you're not. With your traditional IRA, maybe you're making an annual contribution. But even making an annual contribution to a to some sort of retirement plan or qualified plan is a form of dollar cost averaging. Not as effective as dollar cost averaging every paycheck but doing it once a year is, uh, is certainly a form of dollar cost averaging so again if you're still working um, that's a huge um, input and value to what is known as our investor assessment and, uh, and uh, arriving at your risk tolerance and investment objective um, does your income exceed your expenses. If your income exceeds your expenses, you have money to put away and invest, obviously. If you're retiring this time next month, this time next year, maybe not. Maybe you want to contribute to your cash account so that when you retire, uh, you do have cash to draw on. Um, there are, you know, Have you started taking Social Security? Are you the beneficiary of any trust? Are you the Did you contribute to uh, any other qualified plan that's going that you're going to have to take money down from when you reach your RMD age of perhaps seventy two? Are you the beneficiary of an IRA that you're having to draw down because somebody else uh, uh, placed the money in the IRA and you you inherited it? Do you have again? Do you have a pension? social security or any form of cash flow rental income it all depends on your specific set of circumstances what you can put away and how much you can invest at that time so anyway it is it is completely dependent on a couple of these questions Katie what is this next one um, what, how do you feel after making an investment
2: yeah I like the feel questions Yeah,
1: these are qualitative measures These are qualitative measures. Excited, terrified, content, unsettled, optimistic. It depends. But anyway, um, the investor assessment is a valuable tool in making sure we apply your funds accordingly. Anyway, it's been a great show. Jenna, it was great seeing you again. Katie, welcome to the family. And we will see everyone next week. News, talk, traffic, and weather. News Radio 92.3, AM 1620, WNRP, Gulf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola. It's 11 o'clock.